Please pray with me. Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would settle upon us this morning, that you would give me the words to preach, Lord, and that you would open our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we might receive you. Pray that you would do great and mighty things in this place, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. How are you all today? Good. I'm glad you're doing well. I had a hard week. Since I saw you last, I had a group of friends totally let me down. They betrayed me, stabbed me in the back, did not, I thought they were going to pull through for me, but they didn't. They really, really hurt me. And it's been tough for me this last week. I even wore their shirt and they let me down. Yeah, my Pittsburgh Steelers did not win the Super Bowl last week. It was tough. And I was at a party with a bunch of people who were cheering for the Packers, too. You know how hard that is? Oh, man. Fortunate. Wow, what was that? Somebody said, get over it. Oh, man. I can't. I tried. I tried to move on. But you know what? It was really, they did it, the, like, after they lost, they were, they took it like men, and they apologized, right? Immediately in interviews, they apologized for letting us down and breaking our hearts. And then, uh, and playing like dogs sometimes, too. And then they, uh, also on Twitter, they all tweeted that they're sorry. You know, and so, and I love them. And you can't stay mad at somebody you love forever. You know, so we've forgiven. We're, we've worked it out. And besides, they promised to be in the Super Bowl again next year. So, you know, it's okay between me and them. Now, I think something similar to this is happening in the gospel passage for today. Don't you think? Isn't that what immediately came to your mind? Didn't you think Steelers? That's what I thought. Uh, Jesus uh, is preaching his Sermon on the Mount. It's a continuation of what we had last weekend, the week before. In our passage, Jesus gives that highest level of the law that we spoke of last week. He presents the people with some of the Ten Commandments and just turns up the heat on them, right? It's kind of like the amplifier in Spinal Tap. He turns it up to 11, right? You know, and it just gets... So intensely powerful that it convicts everyone. Jesus begins with, you shall not murder, which we think is a no-brainer, right? I mean, anyone, uh, I don't want to ask if anyone blew this one. Uh, I don't don't want to know that information if they did. Um, No, but we all think, yeah, no big deal, no murder, right? That's not a hard one to follow for the most part, isn't it? Yeah, kind of a piece of cake. And so Jesus says, okay. You shall not murder. You all think you got that down. But instead of, you know, letting it sit at just you shall not murder, how about uh, let's deal with uh, hatred or angry words towards a brother or sister. And it doesn't mean a brother or sister in blood. Anybody. Angry words, hatred, bitterness. Boom. Just like that, Jesus has shown us that we all fail that commandment. We all are murderers. Made you feel good about coming to church, huh? Sitting next to a murderer in church today. Right? We all of us are. We've all broken that commandment. Every one of us has had an angry thought about a brother or sister. And therefore, every single one of us are convicted under the law. I'm not even going to get to adultery. Right? Keep you feeling good about yourselves, at least. It's hard stuff that Jesus presents here in this gospel. Really challenging. But he does an amazing thing. He doesn't just sit on that and say, like, you're convicted. He applies this commandment directly to worship and the need to get right with our brother and sister. 
Jesus takes the vertical, right, this broken relationship between us and God, and then he applies it to the horizontal, our relationship with our brothers and sisters. He says that we need to be, that our need to be right with God is also reflected in our relationships with one another. We need to be made right with each other as well. We can't go on in our merry way thinking we can be angry at one another and hurting one another while worshiping God. It doesn't work that way. In this passage, Jesus tells us that tells us to get our relationships with one another in order before we come to the Lord with an offering. He says, So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. Reconciliation is not just between us and God, but it needs to flow between us and our brothers and sisters. And that as much as our offering, our gifts, that as much as offering our gifts, are worshiping the Lord. Now we all know we need to be right with God. We all, that's like the basic message of Christianity, is get right with the Lord. But this reconciliation with our brothers and sisters adds a whole new dimension to our worship. It says we can't compartmentalize. We can't think we could be mean, conniving, and vindictive all week, and then confess to God and come to his table like nothing ever happened. It doesn't work that way. The way we are reconciled to one another needs to flow out of our being reconciled to God, and it is a natural outpouring. And if it's not coming out, something's wrong with the relationship. Now, the beauty of being an Anglican is that our service reflects this reality. In a little bit, we're going to confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Then we're going to receive God's forgiveness for those things. Then what's next? Anyone know? After the confession and absolution, what happens next? No, not time to go home. No, confession, absolution. The peace, who said that? Well done, whoever did. You're exactly right. The peace. The peace is next. And the peace is designed to be the time when we get right with one another. Anyone do that typically on a Sunday? Right, most of us hug or shake hands. But the purpose of it, the way the service is designed from the beginning, was that the peace would be the time when we get right with one another. We've been made right with the Lord, and now we, be made, now we make it right with each other. And then what happens after the peace? Offering. The offering, that's right. Does that sound familiar to anybody? From this verse, maybe? Remember, so when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister. And then come and offer your gift. The way our service is shaped reflects the reality that Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount. That before we do the offering, we've got to get right with each other. And before we get right with each other, we've got to get right with the Lord. That natural progression is supposed to be a part of our weekly worship. And it should be a part of our daily life. Peace with God peace with our brother and sister, and then offering to the Lord. Anyone notice this, like, shape? you got the vertical shape and the horizontal. What does that make? A cross, that's right. And it's because from the cross, this whole amazing thing flows. It's from Jesus Christ's blood on the cross that we are reconciled to God, that vertical element happens, and then it is because of what he has done for us that we are reconciled to one another. If we truncate that, we don't end up with a cross anymore. We end up just with a pole. Right? We need to keep the shape of the cross there. 
It makes perfect sense for us to be reconciled to God and then reconciled with our brothers. And when we do that, the cross stays central in our minds, in our hearts, and in the way we live. The reality is we're all hurting each other a lot. Right? We, we do things, we say things, we forget things that hurt each other. And Christ calls us not to do that, but at the same time he understands that we're going to. That's just a part of being a human. The divine part of it is when we can say, I have hurt you, and I'm sorry. That's where God can do his amazing work in our lives. If we go on blissfully ignorant or arrogant, pretending that we haven't ever hurt anybody, that's not doing us or them any good. It's not revealing the power of Christ in our lives, nor is it showing these people that we actually love them or care for them, and that we are being transformed. So my hope for us at Emmanuel is that we would be people who would be willing to ask for forgiveness. We would be people who are willing to admit when we've messed up, to admit when we've hurt someone else, and to confess that to them. And then if you're the person who's been hurt, that you would be willing to receive forgiveness, that you would be willing to give forgiveness to that person who has come to you with that pain. When we live that way, when we live in that pattern of confession and forgiveness in all aspects of our life, we will be living our lives like the people Christ has called us to be. We will be faithful, humble, loving, gentle. We will be reflecting Jesus Christ in this world. And when we reflect Christ, the world takes notice. And they come to him. Let's be those people, humbly following our Lord to the foot of the cross. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, you didn't give the Steelers victory, Lord, but you did give them humility, thank God. Lord, and I pray that you would give us humility as well. Lord, we all let each other down in so many ways. Lord, may we humbly confess to each other, Lord. May we ask for forgiveness. Lord, and give us the grace to forgive each other as well. May your forgiveness, Lord, may it not just flow out of the, our hearts or something we muster up, Lord, but may it flow out of the forgiveness that you have given us, Lord God. Help us to keep our lives in order by turning ourselves over to you each and every day, by accepting your forgiveness, Lord, and by confessing to each other. And we pray that you would do great and mighty things in our lives as they stay ordered in this way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.